Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Sunday slash Monday show. I am your host Ross, and joining me this week is Adam. Hello. What Sunday. is what slash Sunday about it at all? Yeah, no, we kind of just. Well, now my NFL season's over. We're back to Sundays. <laughs> See, I thought we were going to have this problem again next week, and now not a problem. Not next week. Maybe. Well, actually, not even the week after because the Super Bowl was at like half eleven at night. So we're all and good. Also, also, there's a bye week in between. So exactly. Oh, we're all going to watch the Pro Bowl, aren't we? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> But no one cares anyway. This is a football football podcast, not an American football podcast. How's your week been, mate? Good. Uh, all of my weeks have been long since since about New Year's. Two days after New Year's Day, life's been shit. Really? <laughs> Just never ending days. Never ending days at work. Yeah, oh, lovely. I went to the hairdressers today, and she told me that I'm doing the right thing by having my hair cut really short on the sides, so it appears I have more hair on the top of my head. That's dick, I'm not it? sure that's a backhanded compliment. That's all right, that's right, Dick. That is. Oh, yeah, thanks. <laughs> you're doing the right thing, but basically you're losing all your hair. Yeah, just yeah. I know this, love. It's fine. At, le- at least she didn't just sit down. You didn't just sit down, and instead of her asking you, she didn't just get the clippers out and just go. So we're giving up. <laughs> she was drying it, and she went, "Oh, that's a bit hot on the middle of your head there, isn't it?" Like, Fuck off. There's still a bit of hair there. <laughs> Not burning my scalp, you cheeky bitch. <laughs> <laughs> was this oh. pre or was this pre or post swim? Oh, this was post swim. Yeah. Okay. Swim today, my little girl, she's got her armbands, she's bobbing around the place. She loves it. The worst thing you wanted was a haircut and then fluffy hair after the swimming pool. Oh yeah, no, no one wants fluffy hair. <laughs> also, you, you just jump in the pool and there's just this little bits of hair around <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah, no one wants that. That's the worst thing about having a bath or a shower after your haircut. Yeah, that's just something you've got to do. Yeah, maybe going swimming is the best solution. I'd never thought of that before. It's not bad because I got showers. Yeah, actually, someone else cleans those showers out. I was just thinking about it. Just yeah, it's just someone else's problem. There we go. I'm going swimming after every haircut from now on. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I mentioned football. We went on to haircuts. Let's get to some football. Let's start with Chelsea Everton from Saturday. Three three. What a game this was. Goals galore. John Terry scoring for both teams. Also scoring a massively offside goal. I don't care what anyone says, he was well offside. I mean, we're going to talk about De La Faye's haircut, yeah? <laughs> he's a stylish man. <laughs> he's, he's cutting his hair short on the sides as well, but for different reasons. <laughs> yes. As the Everton fan, Adam, how do you feel after a 3-3 draw with the champions? Let's not forget, Chelsea. Uh, um, I'm glad I didn't go. I got offered a ticket for £52. Mm. You would have got value for that. I would have done, but I'd have been gutted and Curious, cold. yeah. The uh, BBC website says 90 plus 10 on the uh, the time of the game. Was it a 100-minute game? Yeah, I'm starting to get... Fr- I understand the whole concept of um, added time being a minimum. Yeah. But... There's only for two or three minutes more. This isn't even a criticism of the referees. I, I, I labour some of this criticism at the referees, yeah. but at least half of it is also going at the Everton players. Mm. To to draw, to end up drawing two games you are winning in yeah. the 98th minute of seven minutes of added time, twice this season. <laughs> yeah. Really great. I said to Chris that Martinez really should be working on the conditioning this week. Just to keep going right until the end, because you never know how long the game's going to be. Well, it's as much about if they had that, if they improved their conditioning, they might be able to improve their, the mental aspect of their game. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Diego Costa got a goal. Fabregas also scored, and Terry got the the late, 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 late equaliser. But Terry had opened I mean, the scoring for Chelsea. All all the best Chelsea players, you know, <laughs> the popular ones. <laughs> uh, Kevin Morales with a goal. Nice to see him actually playing some football and scoring. 
And then at Funes Mori with what he thought was a late, late winner. He can't so stop he, scoring goals at the moment now. He can't. That's a good finish, no, from centre-back. <laughs> it's a sort of jumping side-foot volley thing at the back post. It's what you get for £9 million. <laughs> yeah. Of course, well, I had no idea, because he had Lukaku stood right behind him as well. One of them was putting it in. But that winner shouldn't, uh, the equaliser shouldn't have counted, should it? No, he was offside. offside. Yeah, I don't know how the linesman's missed that. There's a, there's a clear flick, isn't well. there? Yeah, there's a clear flick from, I don't know who it was, but Terry was definitely in an offside position. It's a nice finish with a back heel from a John Terry, but shouldn't count. I mean, <laughs> as, much as, I'm, as much as I'm ever loathed to take things away from John Terry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Fabregas was man of the match, apparently. In this is he, Has he turned a corner this season? <laughs> a Mourinho-shaped corner. Yeah. <laughs> He's jumped over that dead body. <laughs> <laughs> He's ploughing on now. As he takes off his leather gloves and leaves the knife in the back. <laughs> it was uh, his first goal for 1,991 minutes for Fabregas as well. Uh, Diego Costa has scored five goals in five appearances under Gus Hiddink. Yeah. Wow. There's been a marked difference in Diego Costa. <laughs> Hasn't there just... <laughs> Uh, but, not, but not, not. I wouldn't say that much of a marked difference in Chelsea. I have, I've not seen them since he arrived and thought, oh god, these these boys are really handy. No, he's still unbeaten. But I mean, they're only six points off Swansea in the bottom three. <laughs> what a statement that is! They're playing that. They could be three points off Swansea at the end. Of the yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would say he's, he's shored it up at the back. But three goals here and a couple more goals here and there. It's he hasn't really made a, a vast difference, I suppose. He's got a few people playing that weren't playing before, but yeah, but <laughs> still not good enough, is it? This isn't the Chelsea of twelve months ago, is it? No, still not. No, I mean they're still below West Brom, Watford, yeah, but they, 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 West Ham. Yeah, <laughs> they've got a team beginning with W, but they are not below. <laughs> and they've had to fight for that because they start bottom those three. <laughs> <laughs> um. Everton, though, they're in 11th at the minute. They said, I think it was on the Ramble, wasn't it, that you kind of forget about how, not rubbish Everton are doing, but is it no win in nine now, or one win in nine in the league? I don't know, I lose track. Because they're entertaining to watch, and you forget yeah, the, about the results, really. Yes, which, do you know what, I, I, I love to watch Everton win a game, but I, I also enjoy to watch them play well, and yeah. play with and play to win uh, Everton fans got, some Everton fans seem to have very short memories yes and do you know what I'd happily see my team go to play to win every minute every minute of every game yeah than some of the performances they got that they set up under Moyes mm. yeah no ambition when, we're getting when they might sneak and, and even it, well we very rarely snuck a result actually mm. but yeah, I'd rather just get battered than try. Yeah, at least it's entertaining as a fan to watch, isn't it? And it's more entertaining for the neutral as well. Not that the team should care about that, but... But you're almost given that... The problem with that is that you're then given... It's, it's that double-edged sword. If you have what you want, but then you can see that actually... Yeah. <laughs> you could, what you want, and just if you just had... You're just so close to having everything you want. Yeah. Because there was a stat on Football Weekly that came out today saying that I think... In the last nine games, I think it was in the last nine games. It might have been all season, perhaps. Everton have dropped nine, um, fourteen points from, oh my from winning from winning positions. <sighs> and if you add those fourteen points on, yeah, I can't remember if it was where a point we'd be top of the table by a point, or yes, you would, tra- yeah. or trailing top of, the, or we'd be a point behind top of the table. One of the you, two. you would be top above Leicester by a point. Yeah. Wow. And you see. As, as one of the, um, I think it was Jonathan Wilson said on there, that that's fine. But even take half of that, add on seven or eight points, mm. and and look at where we'd be. And it's just frustrating. Yeah, you'd be challenging those. Well, you'd be in the, the the race for fourth place. I think even with half those points. Yeah, it'd be a completely different outlook to the season, wouldn't it? As to where it is now. So you kind of have to put that little frustration in a box and just enjoy the good football. But it, it, it yeah. could be difficult to do. Mm. Uh, teams that are enjoying good football uh, Spurs 
I'm still waiting for Spurs to be Spurs this season, but it's not happened recently. Christian Eriksen's. Been... I think Spurs. I think Spurs are being Spurs without anyone really realizing they're being Spurs. Yeah. Because before they did it by just huge gaffes. <laughs> yeah. Just literally tripping over themselves with like food poisoning. <laughs> but this time they just do it by just silently drawing loads of games. Yeah, true. I mean, like, everyone was going on about not losing games, but they went on that run from losing the the first game of the season to Man United to that Carl um, Carl Walker own goal. Yeah. To not having lost a game since for it was a mm. long time until they they did lose a game. But in it, they they drew so many games. Yeah. Same as what you just mentioned for Everton. A few of those wins uh, meant those draws into wins. Top of the table by quite a distance, probably. Yeah. I mean, they're, what, five points behind Leicester currently, Leicester and Arsenal, so... that's It's pleasing for Arsenal fans that, Leicester, uh, that Spurs have been on this brilliant run, supposedly, but they're still behind Arsenal. Yes. <laughs> I know a lot of you Arsenal yeah, fans yeah. are very happy with this. You're going to enjoy that as an Arsenal fan, aren't you? Yeah. They went behind in this game for Sunderland. Uh, Patrick van Aanholt with another um, goal for Sunderland, but then Eriksen got two, Dembele got one, and Harry Kane rounded off for the penalty. Yes. 4-1 wins, kind of what you expect, though, in this game. Yeah, yeah, that's the kind of result you need to be putting in against mm. against teams that are in the bottom three. Yeah, I mean, Sunderland have made a, they had a, what, a 21-year-old goalkeeper in goal making his debut, Jordan Pickford, um, and a brand-new signing in defence from uh, Bayern Munich, Jan Kirchhoff, Kirchhoff, something like that. Yeah, I mean, that's the one. Bayern sold him for less than a million pounds, so I'm not guessing he was rated that highly. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm honest, but I, I can still given, kind of see giving up on him. Yes, definitely. He is. I still have this kind of inkling though that Sunderland are going to pull themselves out of this. Is it a is it a big, huge Sam Allardyce shaped inkling? It is. Yeah, it smells distinctly of gravy and sweat. But <laughs> 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 I can see. I can see Swansea going down because they're, they're just lifeless almost. Yeah. But I can also see Norwich joining them. I can see both Sunderland and Newcastle surviving this season the way they're playing now. Yeah, it's not impossible, is it? Newcastle have got that that thing that doesn't that everyone that the statsmen say doesn't really exist, but clearly does, which is momentum. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's clear to see the way they played against West Ham at the weekend. I mean, they beat, they move on to that game there now. They beat West Ham two one, two cracking goals. Um, Perez and Wijnaldum were the goals, and the signing of Shelby. People kind of scoffed at the price of twelve million pounds, but I mean, he's got a, a cracking assist, and he kind of ran the game for them. Um, they've added a player in Shelby, and they've. Well, I, well, I, I, I'm generally being sincere when I talk about this momentum. Is that you look at even since the um, over the festive period, they had an you look at the results and it, it doesn't look good for for Newcastle, mm. but they should have beaten Everton. Yeah. They probably could have beaten Arsenal. Yeah. And they came away from those games with nothing. Yeah. Six so, more points there. They're, they're clear of relegation zone by quite well, a way. Well, no, that, that just shows that, that this is, this has been, this, this isn't, this has been in the works for three or four games now as they've turned this around. It's not, this isn't a mm. couple of freak results. And, they're starting to resemble something approaching a team, perhaps. Yeah, he's putting the pieces together. I think it's a lot of clubs maybe would have panicked and just got rid of McLaren early on this season. Just thought it's not worked. Let's go back. Let's get someone who knows the league a bit better than McLaren. But I like that partnership of Perez and Mitrovic as well. I like Mitrovic, and Perez is a very exciting player. Who's sorry, Mitrovic. Newcastle fans. He's 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 bound for bigger things than Newcastle. Yeah. <laughs> But how many Newcastle players have we said that about in the last five years who, <laughs> who haven't really been bound for bigger things? No, true. They're kind of still hanging around or they've just disappeared off the radar, really. Yeah, the, the only one who even even got a, an attempt at bigger things is Johan Kabai. Yeah. And, and look when that, that, how that went for him. <laughs> Debussy sold and then injured for two years to Arsenal. Yeah, and, <laughs> and today has been linked to a move to Aston Villa. Oh my God, he's desperate yeah. to get to those Euros, isn't he? <laughs> I mean, they'll take literally anyone at right back ahead of Alan Hutton at the minute, I'd imagine. <laughs> Even a man that's injured and can't play. Um, West Ham, though, they've got an awful record at St. James's Park. Um, past 13 games, they've won one of them, lost seven and drawn five. It's good for them to have Payet back, but 
Andy Carroll came back and obviously he's injured again. That's such a strange thing. I don't, this is, isn't unique to West Ham either, but um, I know you see this every once in a while with lots of our teams. I'm sure you could probably give an example either good for or against Leeds as well, but West Ham have a, like a terrible record as well, in Liverpool as well. Yeah. So they have a terrible record at Anfield, a terrible record at Goodison. And when you see these things and they they stretch over like like that example of their 13 games. Yeah. I, I, every time you see them like pre-game or something, you you have a know when you um, when you go to a Labrooks and you can turn them out and they'll have like some stats yeah. written on the back of them to try and like, like and one of them will be something like, yeah, one of them will be something like that or something. Mm. And I always look at it and think, that has, surely that has no bearing on today's game. Mm. You know, 13 games ago, how many of these players were even at Aston Villa? Yeah. Or West Ham or Newcastle or whatever team it is that you're seeing this thing. And it just seems to. <laughs> it just has an effect, doesn't it? It's just, I don't know if it's, the, it's in the crowd, they know it and they kind of give that energy off to the, the, the players. Or what? I'm, I'm sure the manager's probably aware of it. And Maybe West Ham just don't like long trips. <laughs> it's a long way to Newcastle, and it was bloody well, cold. Not. Yeah. <laughs> it's bloody cold up north as well. So, yeah, I mean, West Ham are doing all right this season. They're currently they're still in fifth place, so... Uh, actually, no, they're in sixth place because Man United's win yesterday, but, I mean, that's, that's not bad for them this season, considering the injury problems that they've had. No, considering that... Some people would have suggested as well that at the beginning of the season they should have stu- stuck with Sam Allardyce because the last thing mm. they wanted was to get relegated. Yeah. Before moving to the Olympic Stadium and look at them now. Yeah, exactly. I do wonder uh, if McLaren and Billich had a handshake before the game because obviously this was the um, last time these two met. The uh, Wally and the Brolly happened. I think, they, I think they've already played. They've already had that, haven't they? Oh, have they? Yeah, they must have played already. Oh yeah, the, yeah. Uh, West Ham won earlier in the season. Yeah. Oh, fair play to the one each this time, then, Steve. You've Steve, got a... this is, Steve just after going, this is the real quiz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what have you done, Village? <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's talk about Leicester and Villa. Top of the table versus bottom of the table. It was all going swimmingly for Leicester. Okazaki with the opening goal. But they let Rudy Gisted equalise, and Villa kind of should have maybe got the winner late on. There was a couple of controversial. Like how terrible that Mara's penalty was. Yes, it was appalling, wasn't it? I mean, he, he's not allowed to take penalties anymore, surely. No, Jim, I was, I was a bit annoyed with Vardy snatching it off him earlier in the season. I'm more than open to that now. Yes. Yeah. That is my that is Jamie Vardy's penalties for the rest of the year. Like, it just... Oh. You drop I, points I, to Villa. You were annoyed last time because of fantasy football reasons. I'm annoyed because I obviously backed Leicester to win. Yeah, obviously. Everyone did, surely. They're quite nice odds as well. It's over even money because they're away. Yeah. See why? Yeah, they weren't nice odds. They were terrible odds. <laughs> Remy Gard, uh, he dropped Brad Guzan for this game, I think, and played Mark Bunningall, who saved the penalty and ultimately, I think, that turned the game around for Villa. They kind of got some momentum after that. They, they still don't have enough for me, though. That team, they have a few nice players, but it's not enough to stay in the Premier League. No, they have had a little bit of momentum, haven't they? But that momentum has just meant they've they now they now won't be the worst Premier League team ever. <laughs> yes, they got one more point than Derby did. Yeah, they're still nine points away from Newcastle. And uh, and on the charge, Newcastle. Hello. Yeah, they're just terrible, absolutely terrible. They are. I, I can't see them getting many more wins this season. Really, <laughs> you never know with the Premier League. <laughs> you, yeah. You, you wonder what I think I could see them pick up a few more wins just because if 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 they were clever they would sign the they would sign some players who were were around for a, a championship fight next season yeah or prepare themselves for going down and they might have something to prove and you know what I mean yeah if they've got money to spend there's talk for Middlesbrough there's um. Middlesbrough are trying to sign Ross McCormack who has been the championship's leading scorer for three seasons in a row for £8 million why not take a chance on him and then when you go, when you inevitably go down you've got the firepower there to take you straight back up again yeah, yeah. in theory or someone like Jordan Rhodes who's always touted with a move to the Premier League 
give him six months. Maybe if it, if it works, it's a miracle. If not, you you want the goals for next season. It's I've I've kind of I've liked Remy Gard's approach though. He's not kind of he's not caught wrapping these players in cotton wool, has he? And saying no, they're not been good enough. It's as simple as that. And he's t- yeah, turned up for uh, turned up for post match interviews with yeah shit. <laughs> Basically, yeah, I quite like that approach. Yeah, we weren't good enough. Simple as that. They beat us. They're better than us. It was like I, I can still, I can, I can't really remember the the rhetoric, but I can remember that I've got a, a very strong image in my head of um, Paul Jewell having to do the when he'd been appointed derby manager. Yeah, and having to do all the interviews afterwards. <laughs> yeah, we need to try and learn from it. Just like, oh, but poor yeah. man. Turn it in, Paul. <laughs> You didn't even, you're not even responsible for this. You've been hired after. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, poor man. Uh, man City. Poor man, don't know why. Well, Paul Jules, yeah. If you don't know why, just uh, just Google, Google him. <laughs> Google image him. <laughs> <laughs> man City 4, Crystal Palace 0. Parju's teams are. They, they shut down after Christmas. No goals, uh, Kuhn, in, no goals in 4 or 5? Yeah, now? I think it might be 5 now, actually. Um, Aguero never scored at Sellers Park. He put that to bed with two goals in this game. Uh, Fabian Delph. Yeah, taken off, wasn't he, before? He had a chance to. Uh, Fabian Delph and David Silva with the other goals. Comfortable, really, for City in the end. Well, yeah, I didn't expect any less. This team hasn't changed for, uh, for Palace, though, from the start of the season. I'm not sure... What what's happened? Why they just stopped scoring and stopped playing? Besides the the Pardew factor that his teams just don't play after Christmas. What do you reckon it is? Do you reckon he just believes the cult of his own personality? I think he does. I think it might just start to wear on the players after this much of a season. Maybe they just so think now, it might <laughs> just get to May. We'll have a break. Like you see this, you've got this club here who were on the verge of. A really impressive performance for them mm. in the, over over the entire season. What what probably would have been, I don't know, definitely a Premier League best for them. I don't yeah, but um, he turns down the option of signing Charlie Austin. Crazy, and and instead is is being linked with Adebayor, <laughs> who's renowned to be the man to save you from a crisis. Yeah, and we're not even saying he's in a. He's clearly not in a crisis. No. But because not what you need, is it? No, well, <laughs> I don't know if Adebayo's ever what you need. <laughs> yeah, just, no, certainly not. Just because he's clearly an incredibly talented footballer. Mm. But do you ever want that energy around your team? I, I would say no. No, it's not the kind con- No, especially not a team that's in a bit of a slump. You want? I, I'd say that at all times, the negatives outweigh the positives. Yeah, certainly. <laughs> Some cracking stats from City, though. Kevin De Bruyne has registered 11 goals and 11 assists in 29 appearances for City this season. That's a brilliant return for that signing. But for £54 million? Mm, halfway through a season. I think that's, yeah, that's I'm not, not it's, bad. I'm not saying it's terrible. Money means nothing anymore. Does it? The transfer I'm, fees just don't yeah. register in my head as anything. Yeah, yeah. I'd be interested to know what that sort of in goals and assists what that totals up to compared to Urza's goals and assists. Yeah, might, uh, might try to find close, it. Because I don't think Urza gets enough goals. No, maybe a few more assists. Uh, since coming to the Premier League in the summer of 2011, Aguero has bagged 88 goals. That's 10 more than any other player in that time period. And he's had a lot of time out injured as well. Yeah, well... That could be over 100 if he'd have been fit a lot of that time. More than that, more yeah. than uh, And see, so you've netted a league height 11 goals from outside the box this season. We've got players to do it, haven't they? They love yeah, it. Yeah, Torre, will do that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if he's easier, in the mood. It's easier than running any further. <laughs> yeah. I'll just shoot from here. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? We need a goal. Just, someone should have said. Let's do it now. <laughs> uh, Saints have kind of got themselves back on track. They had a good win in midweek uh, against Watford. And they've beaten West Brom 3-0. Two from... Two goals from James Ward-Prowse and one from uh, Dusan Tadic. You know, yeah, comfortable 3-0 victory, really. And then that signing of Charlie Austin, £4 million, is an absolute steal, I think. Whether 26 years gla- old. Whether he's got glass knees or not, just take the... the for £4 million, take the chance. Yeah, exactly. Four, so, £4 million in this day and age is nothing. So, I mean, I, there were rumours that I saw that um, 
I think it, well, I'm not sure which one of the Golden Sullivan lot came out, mm. but from West Ham saying uh, four million pound isn't quite the bargain if you if you're if you're paying him a hundred grand a week, which was clearly uh, there's no way Austin's getting a hundred grand a week. Is it? Well, you never. Joey Bartman get paid eighty grand a week at QPR all those years ago. Well, true. Yeah, he, he might have been on crazy wages. You at, know that uh, was that was probably an ever so slightly exaggerated stat just to as a yeah. Uh, um, Make their point. To, yeah, to explain or almost to explain <coughs> themselves to West Ham fans why we haven't signed Charlie Austin. Yeah, but they did sign Andy but, Carroll. You know, if you can get, uh, you can I mean, you can pay him that money as well. If you put, can put a clause in his contract about time off injured and reduce perhaps reduced wages when he's out. Yeah. Then that really is a steal. Yeah, he's he he showed last season he can score in the Premier League. It doesn't matter who he's playing against. If you give him a chance in and around, oh, I said in and around. I hate that. In in the box or outside the box, he will try and get a goal for you. He's not one of these ones that wants to be all fancy. He will just take shots. And that I mean, to tends to lead to, your, to goals. To your credit, in and around the area is is probably the only situation that actually works. Yeah, because yeah, <laughs> in and around the player that never works. In and around the goalkeeper. <laughs> Painting images yeah. of things Andy Townsend wants to do to them, and you shouldn't be like. One of those is certainly a booking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think Saint, they should be safe this season, Saints. They've got enough about them. They had a bad run, those, but. I think those two wins, they were on a very bad run, and I think those two wins back to back have done enough to. It's almost like. Like, um, like a horrible, glee, horrible greased slide, isn't it? Yeah. It's, just getting, like, it's almost like. The closer you get, and the gradient just gets steeper and steeper, <laughs> and it's like they've just managed to uh, to sort of scamper back up up yeah. the slide before the gradient's got too much. That that they're um, they, they they were too too close, and then I think that mm. they could just keep that little bit of distance, and it all um, mentally more than anything, it just it's the that that mentality of we're not in a relegation fight. Yeah, we're we're a solid mid table team. team. Yeah, yeah, that that can be vital, can't it? In these things, you see teams in previous seasons that have just thought we're not going to survive this and just give up, basically. Yeah, or 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 teams that start the season thinking they with these lofty ambitions, and maybe Southampton. When you start the season as Southampton player, you're thinking, "Oh, I want to, mm. I want to finish in the we we could push for Europe. We could, we definitely want to finish in the top half." and all of a sudden, you find yourself, you, even with a, maybe with a good start, you slide down the table. You find yourself in fifteenth, and you haven't got the you're not you're not prepared for the fight. No. Yeah, definitely. Team that does seem to be prepared for the fight is Bournemouth. They had a three 0 win against Norwich. New signing Benikafobi got on his uh, score sheet. Uh, Dan Gosling, a rare goal for that man. And um, Daniels, I can't remember his first name. Charlie Daniels uh, with the penalty in between those two. Comfortable three 0 win at home for Bournemouth. Yeah, Bournemouth could pick a win out of anywhere. That's the difference. Like you mm. said, they're up for the fight, and they know they're in a fight because they've known that they've been prepared for that all all season. Yeah. You know. You know. Ever since the second they won promotion. Yeah, everyone wrote them off immediately, didn't they? But and as such, any game Bournemouth can win it. Yeah. Because they've got that about them. Everyone did kind of say they haven't got a plan B to change their system, but what? Why? Why not just go and try and win games, like you said about Everton? Just go and try and win games. Yeah. If you lose, you lose. Yeah. <laughs> There's a game the next week. And I think when you're a team that's never been in the Premier League at the ground that holds twelve thousand people, you yeah. know what? What do you really want? Like. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> to, where does the pride come from watching yourselves? Watching your team, who's just been promoted, um, fail miserably trying to be dour and defensive. Yeah, trying to be a solid defensive team every week. Yeah, that's it's it's no fun for anyone. <laughs> and the fans, prob- the fans will probably turn on you as well as a manager. And they've got a very good manager anyhow, and I think he knows the situation, and he's just going to just have fun with it. But if you know, he knows if they go down, he's not going to get fired. It seems to be a very, very solid setup, and the signing of a phobie, ten million pounds for a championship striker seems a lot, but he is—he's got that Jamie Vardy sort of electric pace, and you, it doesn't matter what level you play at, that kills teams. 
Yeah. It doesn't matter where he's come from and what level his ability is. If he can just beat players for place and one on one with the keeper, it's fifty fifty every time. And and is ten million pounds a lot of money for that's just what, what players are worth now. Exactly. If they stay up this season then that's a drop in the ocean, isn't it, to what they're gonna get given from Sky. Yeah, well yeah, that like you have to it's like I said to you the other day about having to recalibrate mm. your, um, uh, what say um a normal transfer fee now. People don't know. No, like, transfer fees they just don't mean anything to me anymore. No, and I, you said that earlier, that makes perfect sense to me. I, was, I said the same thing. I think it was when we were talking about John Joe Shelby. Yeah. And you just think, why would you. £12 million for John Joe Shelby? No, it's probably the going rate for him now, isn't it? Yeah. Kind of a player on the fringes of England uh, breaking into that squad full time. £12 million is. A, for me, I think it's a really good deal. A player that's young and has plenty of time to improve as well. Uh, let's talk about then the fiercest rivalry in the Premier League: Stoke nil, Arsenal nil. Yeah, oh, that was. <laughs> Did you watch it as well? Yes. Oh. It wasn't good, was it? It wasn't when when. Uh, when as approaching full time the decision was ma- being made for man of the match and the commentator could, was choosing between either goalkeeper <laughs> it told you pretty much everything you needed to know yeah Jack Butler was fantastic so was Petr Cech um, both of them made fantastic saves in the game to keep them the sides in it the, the one Butler made down low first of all to to uh, the Giroud is that from Giroud yeah yeah was was, was brilliant and then Giroud made a... Uh, not Giroud, sorry. That would have been a red card. <laughs> Czech, Czech made um, a really good double save. I forget who the first effort... The, the, the better part of it was the first bar. Yeah. And then, he, and then the second part from Bojan from a tight angle. Mm. But... Um, I mean, getting out of this game with a draw is kind of a good result for Arsenal. That was one of my best... My Arsenal, my Arsenal friends, my best... My best friend was an Arsenal fan. Yeah. My best Arsenal friend. <laughs> That's what my best Arsenal friend said. He, like, he was in Prague and I was sending, texting him a couple of updates. It was, at the end of it, he was just like, oh, I'll take that. Yeah. Uh, just get yeah, just get this game out of the way. Move on. No Give it lost. Yeah, that's Let's... a massive loss because Oxlade Chamberlain's having a kind of a sneaky, awful season this year. And he. It's not even sneaky. <laughs> just having a terrible <laughs> season. You speak to these good Arsenal friends I've got. <laughs> yeah, it's not even sneaky. He's just being terrible. He's not the player to replace Ozil in that, in that number ten role, certainly. No, when you're being ple- when you're being held out the team by Joel Campbell. Yeah, yeah, that's not good for anyone. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but just on Jack Mullen, do you think he can take that England's number one jersey from Joe Hart? Because he has been outstanding this season. He has been. I think that your problem is that it's very hard to get that off, John. No, John Terry. Why do I want to? <laughs> He's probably got one on, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Hart. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. It's very hard to get that off, Joe Hart, when Joe Hart's not done anything wrong. No, he's having a, a relatively solid season himself, and none of the city errors really have been down to him. But also think about. When is Joe Hart ever let England down? Yeah, true. I can't think of an example. When you've got a man who's got, he must, he must be approaching, or if not exceeding fifty odd caps for England. Mm. Like, do you give up that experience for what would potentially be a good season? Yeah, a one-off better season. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean. But at the same time, I don't. That's not to downplay. I think it's it, having Butland there is fantastic because what you also want is you want a, a you want a goalkeeper who feels like they're being pushed for their place. Yes, uh, and that is exactly Joe Hart can't not feel Butland snapping at his heels right now because it's evident to everyone. Um, we're not going to be the only people that's talking about it. Mm. It's a good problem for England to have, and one they've had a, a good few times over the years as well. Remember the uh, Nigel Martin pushing David Seaman and Paul Robinson and Scott Carson. And they've had a good, kind of good run of keepers that are all challenging each other. And poor old well, Ben yeah. Foster's always been on the outside of that, hasn't he? But they've they've not always been 
the best goalkeeper, some of the best goal, or amongst the best goalkeepers in the Premier League. No, no I think these more, two definitely are, aren't they? They're up there yeah, with Czech well, we and Courtois. We have some fantastic goalkeepers in the Premier League. Yeah, they're, they're, they're definitely up there with Courtois and Czech as some of the best. Not even mentioning that what I, who I would consider to be the best goalkeeper in the world. We're talking about him in the second. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know who he is. Let's talk about him now. Uh, Simon <laughs> Mignolet, he let in the... Uh... <laughs> no, obviously David De Gea. He had a good game in goal for Man United. Um, Mignolet signed a new deal today, though. Did you see I that? I was about to say, I saw that Simon Mignolet signed a new deal today. <laughs> like, what are you doing? I'm not sure why they've done that. <laughs> they must be happy with what he's doing in goal for them. Have you made some sort of horrible mistake? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe maybe they're just gonna like just gonna try to to shut down the laptop and restart the game. <laughs> <laughs> Hope that this was pre save. <laughs> they they send that email off. Oh shit, we that email's gone. How do we get it back? Quick, quick, quick. No, too late. Oh yeah, he's already read it. <laughs> <laughs> A few uh, stats broken in this game. Uh, Rooney has overtaken Omri as the scorer of the most goals for a single club in the Premier League history. One hundred and seventy six yeah. now. And they were telling him about this post-match, like he was going to know that. I don't care. Yeah, I don't think Rooney's won for stats, is he? Well, even then, that's a quite a quite niche stat. It is, yeah. He he didn't have a clue. It's it's similar to Ronaldo beating Raúl. I think Raúl uh, Ronaldo was very aware that he was close to beating Raúl's uh, single club record, but yeah, I don't think Rooney's particularly bothered. That isn't isn't even that because obviously that is a stat that Rooney's. Chasing down, I think he's only like nine or so goals off mm. Bobby Charlton's record for Manchester United. Yeah, but that that would be something that you'd expect him to be aware of. But to be the player to score the most Premier League goals for a single club, <laughs> it's all it's one of those messy stats, isn't it? Well, I, I think it's like one of those cricket stats <laughs> when you see like you'll you'll see like um, uh, so and so put on highest. Eighth wicket partnership, and you think, well, and then you look back, and it's against England at Trent Bridge. And you're like, okay, <laughs> calm it down. Yeah. He's on a good run of form, though, really. Four successive goals uh, in games, or is it five, I think, in four I games? Think it's five in four games. Yeah, first time we've done that since 2012. Two of those are penalties, but give him his. Yeah. <laughs> Mares has shown that. <laughs> <laughs> Liverpool's uh, frailties from corners are showing up again seven times a season they've conceded from corners oh, if they're not conceding directly from the corner exactly. it's from some sort of rebound <laughs> but the, they were talking they were going about all the stats about um, Jürgen Klopp in his time before the match and they were mm. wasn't they were talking about um, that his team are the second most possession in the league in that period. Yeah. Run, the, run the most or the second most or something like that. Uh, the most shots, but have this terrible chance conversion rate. And, and that's exactly what we saw. Yeah, 19 okay. shots in this game by Liverpool. But, Seven for Man United. But we, were, we were talking while we were both watching the game individually. And as mm. we, we both said to each other... United are going to steal this. Yeah, I never once thought Liverpool would actually win that game. All no. that pressure. You knew and, there was a rip coming from someone, somewhere. And, and Man United weren't even applying any pressure. Or no. Like they were going to score, but you just knew. They seemed fairly comfortable to just soak up all that pressure, didn't they, Man United? They were comf- comfortable doing what they were doing. Yeah, yeah. A couple of good saves from their hair. Yeah. Um, um, I think he made 4-1 for memory. Chan in the second half was top, top quality. He's... But, uh, words fail me with that, that, that boy. <laughs> this is maybe my favourite stat of the whole season. Man United have scored in, with all four of their shots on target against Liverpool this season. There was a, there's, <laughs> I don't know if this is a better one. You might enjoy this. That um, the Manchester t- the Manchester teams combined scored five goals this week from five shots on target. <laughs> I'm a As big it- fan of efficiency. That is amazing. <laughs> The city of Manchester went, no, no, we're not going to bot. If we're going to shoot, we are going to score. Exactly, yeah. Well, we'll take some long ranges that fly over. But if they're hitting the target, <laughs> they're hitting the back of that net. <laughs> no messing. So for all the uh, bad vibes, I suppose, around the Van Hal rain at Man United, they're fifth. They're still in with a shout of catching Arsenal-Leicester because Arsenal have got to have that psychological thing that, oh, God, we're top. 
<laughs> towards the end of the season. <laughs> this is not good. Uh, Leicester are still hanging on in there, looking frail sometimes, and City and Tottenham are doing what they're doing. But United are not out of this by a long way. No, well, that was the thing that that um, that uh, Louis Van Gaal said in his press conference, wasn't it? Apparently, when you heard a little bit more of the detail behind the quote, which was given again on Football Weekly today by Jonathan Wilson, who was at the press conference, said that while in their press conference he was watching, they had like you know when they have those TVs on and you could see the Arsenal yeah. game on, and he said if. If this stays as it is, we can win the league. Is is if saying that, do you know what? If Arsenal win this and go nine points clear, maybe we can't chase nine points. Yeah. But he, he clearly feels that they can chase what they've got at the moment, and there's no uh, reason to not either, really. Apart from, can can you chase them all down? Yeah, that's the problem. If you can't, yeah, one of them's going to have a run at some point, which is going to kind of make it impossible to win the title but I definitely think top four that one of those four is going to drop out of there well the, well, the reason that makes it that it's so easy is that chasing them all down isn't necessarily so difficult hmm. because I am almost certain that they've got to play all three of them yeah so you're seven points behind them at worst win that game and it's four yep and they've all got to play each other as well and they can't both win those games <laughs> no, exactly points have to be dropped somewhere for some yeah. of these teams so it's not impossible from, from their point of view it's, but the thing is it's it's not in their hands is it with no that's the problem halfway through the, point, through the season and you're more than six points down it's not up to you no exactly <coughs> well I think we're in for an interesting end to the Premier League season or the closing stages um, quick mention of the Leeds-Sheffield Wednesday game yesterday. I don't know if you, you probably didn't see this. Um, I surprised you, I didn't. Leeds lost 2-0, obviously. It's a Sheffield Wednesday game. Um, <laughs> Leeds actually scored a goal, which... Hold on, hold... No, 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 no. You just told me you lost 2-0. You can't have it both ways. <laughs> right. Um, the incident, 12 minutes from time, sparked fury in the visiting technical area when Forestieri, who was being substituted off... Um, was ruled to have not left the pitch when uh, Liam Cooper bundled the ball home for Leeds. The referee had blown his whistle for the free kick to be taken while Forestieri was still at uh, the corner to be taken while Forestieri was still leaving the pitch. Uh, he awarded the goal um, and then went to speak to his fourth official and then ruled the goal out. Um... So, according to well, according to Steve Evans, uh, known criminal, um, it was. Uh, by law, it was the correct decision to award the goal. Um, but I, I obviously don't know the law on this, but I'd assume if he's blown the whistle, it's it's a live ball and play should carry on. Yeah, that's a that's a refereeing gap on a, a yeah. mental level. Um, that sounds almost like, obviously, you were down by more than one goal anyway. That sounds like yeah. one of those things that is that, that weird grey area where it's the only situation where you can have a match can be replayed. Yeah, on that sort of yeah. When you have to have a technical error by a, a referee, so it's not a, a a difference of opinion. It's not the the um, the Thierry or, or not seeing something. It's not the Thierry yeah. on handball against Ireland. It's actually applying the rules incorrectly. Yeah, you've awarded the goal. The fourth officials told you actually that's wrong. You shouldn't have done that. And he yeah, but you reversed this decision. But actually, you shouldn't have blown the whistle because you shouldn't. Yeah, until Forestieri left had left the pitch. Left the pitch, yeah. Yeah, because technically they had twelve players on the pitch because the new guy had come on to the pitch, who was being substituted on. So this is like a terrible version of Guardians. You are the ref. <laughs> Bit of controversy, but yeah. Elsewhere in the championship, but Hull absolutely battered Charlton six 0 Charlton have sacked their, I think their second manager of the season, and they've reappointed a former manager. Always going to go well. That is. Uh, yeah, six nil. How Italian of them? <laughs> yeah, I think their owner's Romanian. So uh, I mean, you're European. I think is the <laughs> <laughs> the phrase I'm looking for. Uh, Brighton broke their bad run of form. They beat Blackburn one nil away from home. Uh, Bristol City beat Middlesbrough, which would have messed up a few accumulators. It certainly did mine. Uh, Middlesbrough are top of the yeah. table, but Hull are breathing right down their necks. Did mine as well. 
And Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank got his first win as QPR boss. Three uh, 0 away win at Rotherham United. Rotherham City? I don't know. Rotherham. Whatever they are. United. I think it's United. I think so. I should know that Yorkshire rivals, but I'm not going to be the. I'm not going to be the authority on that. <laughs> They're so irrelevant to me. I don't care. Rotherham. Rotherham yeah. Town. Um, Have you googled that, or are you just adding things? <laughs> Yeah, Rotherham Dons. Rotherham Rovers. <laughs> that should work better. That does work better. <laughs> it's definitely not the answer, though, is it? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Looking at our download figures from our wonderful new hosts, Acast, we don't get any listens from Rotherham, so Sodom. <coughs> right, we haven't got um, any games to play because Colin isn't here, so we can and either do some... And how are we going to play them? <laughs> what, what, if I come up with a fun game that you can play on your own? Yeah, it doesn't really work, does it? Uh, we can either do some gossip or we can play the BBC Sport predictor game. What do you want to do? Um, definitely not the gossip. Definitely not the gossip. Not the gossip, no. It's okay. disappointing. I've never seen this before. Map out the road to Premier League glory by predicting the scores for all the games this season. This no, might I've not be great for Premier League no. podcast talk. I've, I've changed my mind. <laughs> I should have looked into that before I started mentioning it, to be fair. Uh, actually, <laughs> let's have a look at some completed transfers. Shall we? Because I'm sure, obviously, Charlie Austin's the biggest one in the last couple of days. Um, there's uh, Everton do some business, aren't they? They've well, pretty much sold Stephen Naismith. Yeah, that's pretty much done. Eight and a half million pounds. It's gone up half a million pounds since we started this podcast, as far as I'm aware. So, according to the Beeb, it's eight and a half now, yeah. Take that extra half. <laughs> Add that onto the Sam Barham deal for Leeds. <laughs> Everton, are, Everton are busy. Three point seven million pound bid accepted for uh, Sam Barham, plus future incentives. But according to our man on the ground, Colin, he's holding out for an offer from West Ham for some reason. I mean, who wouldn't want an offer from West Ham? Obviously, wants to be classed as a World Cup winner himself. <laughs> <laughs> um, other deals: Stephen Corker going to Liverpool. What do you think of that one? Because um, you're a big fan of Stephen Corker, aren't you? I, well, yeah. Were maybe just better. I, I said this to, to when, when, when I was at I, was, I went and watched the um, the Arsenal Liverpool game and said Arsenal fan. Yeah. And, and I said that when he was coming on, he was like, "What really?" He was like, yeah, yeah, you're right. I, I was. <laughs> and I was like, but it's got those kind of things. Where you, I still believe in what I saw in him. Yes. I've still got to be there. But, um. It's not come through as of yet. No, he's made some bad, bad career decisions, doesn't he? Yeah. I mean. Joining QPR. Well, and Cardiff before that. Yeah. I mean, it, teams where you could be the best defender by a mile, it's not going to do you any good. No, exactly. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're the only one doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have a look at a little bit of the uh, the rumours then. Saints have rejected an eight million pound offer from Liverpool for twenty nine year old striker Shane Long. I saw it. Is there not a same thing in the gossip column suggesting that they're going to get rid of Pella as well? So they're getting rid of a striker. Yeah, I mean, is that? That's, I suppose he, he kind of fits into the Klopp mould though. He's a he's a hard working, quick centre forward. You have to remember as well that. They've got Charlie Austin, and also somewhere in there, they must have um, Jay Rodriguez. Well, yeah, Jay Rodriguez. What's going on there? I don't know. I think he, he, he can't still be injured. I'm sure I remember him coming back. Let's, um, let's yeah. investigate at physioroom.com. Is that a real website? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can get Premier League, there's a Premier League injury table. Oh, wow. I should do that before looking at my, um, or picking my fantasy football transfers. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, you're looking into that one then. Um, Arsenal right back Matteo Debucci says he rejects moving to the club and plans to leave in the transfer window. Hmm. If he does go to Villa, he'll reject that, uh, regret that even more. <laughs> Almost certainly. Um, Arsenal appointed Leicester scout who helped the club sign players such as Riyad Mahrez and N'Golo Kante, apparently. Go and find us another Mares, please. Uh, Atletico Madrid want to bring back Diego Costa. I don't believe that, really. Do they? 
Manzukic is doing all right, isn't he? Maybe they maybe they feel that they can get a steal and not spend very much money on him. Yeah, true. Uh, Chelsea are definitely in the market for a striker. Uh, Alexandro Pato uh, being one of the main names linked. I'd love to see him in the Premier League. But if you looked in the same on BBC's gossip column today, Pato is linked with everyone from Newcastle to Arsenal. Yeah, to Chelsea. So, like, what's going on here? This is a this his agent is very was, busy. Yeah. <laughs> and he's been linked for a while now, for a long time, to lots of clubs. Possibly even also linked with West Ham, and you're thinking, yeah, like you just want to get him somewhere, anywhere. Yeah. You want to get but him back in Europe. This was a boy who, at 17, was one of the hottest pro- prospects in world football, but mm. injuries just just curtailed everything. And, and this was at Milan, where you would expect if anyone's good. Yeah. If anyone's going to stop you from getting injured, it's going to be them. And yeah, that Milan lab. That's where you need to be. No. <laughs> Newcastle are trying to sign uh, Gomis and Andre Ayew from Swansea. And Swansea apparently willing to do a deal on both of them. I mean, they've gone off the boil, but you get rid of both of those. I mean, people at Swansea need to stop sleeping with other people's wives, don't they? <laughs> and then selling said players to Newcastle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They have Shelby, AU and Gomez. They've taken Swansea's three best players from last season. All gone up up, up to the south of the, the northeast. Yeah. Oh, I bet they're going to love it up there. AU's not even been there six months. No. He's, yeah, he signed in the summer, didn't he? Uh, Tottenham have signed uh, Moussa Dembele. The other one, yeah. The other one. <laughs> so they've now got two. That's not going to get confusing. Fulham had two, so now they've got the set. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Stephen A. Smith moved. Um, the Scottish forwards move will free up funds for a bid for Dynamo Kiev winger Andrei Yarmolenko. Feels like a pipe dream. Mm. There's also uh, McGeady seems to be on his way out as well. Yeah, what a <laughs> flop that boy's been. Yeah, we were so high on him, weren't we, when he <laughs> came in? Not gone great. Never looked fit. He's never ever looked fit. No. From- the moment he turned up, obviously he had to. He had that situation where he didn't. He had the Russian season that doesn't align, and yeah. But he's had a preseason. He's had that time now, and he's never, just never made an impact. Mm. Yeah, he's, he came with a, a a fairly big reputation, I suppose. He's been a a good player for Celtic in the time he was there but there's talks from now on uh, loan moves to Blackburn or Leeds or Sheffield Wednesday it's I mean that's a fall from grace isn't it career in decline yeah and you're playing Champions I imagine he must have played Champions League football for Celtic and Sparta Moscow oh certainly yeah he would play the, the New Camp probably I'd say and for Terry you're now... rocking up at Ellen Road in front of 28,000 angry Yorkshiremen yeah <laughs> black caps and all <laughs> Did you see the Man United uh, players in the crowd at yes. Anfield yesterday? Yes, was it Carrick, yeah. Rojo and Jones, was it? It was, yeah. Jones was celebrating that goal like a nutcase. Yes, it looked, he did. really enjoyed that. Uh, this, again, they mentioned this on Football Weekly. And it, was, um, it was one of them pointed out that it's actually a little bit sad how far football has come that this is actually like a... Yeah. Such a huge event. And so... so um, Noteworthy. The mm. other pointed out that actually there was only um, there was less than two thousand tickets for United fans at Anfield, and they could have, <laughs> sat, they could have taken up corporate seats instead. But actually, bastards. They were screwing the fans over. But I actually think that it happens a little bit more often than you expect because um, on the um, the Graham Hunter series of podcasts, yeah. that he does. He did um, an interview with Darren Fletcher. Yes, and he talked about how he used to go to games when he had a, his period off with his illness. Yeah, and he'd go to what, away games, and I think he was talking about. I think I can't remember if it was at the Emirates or if it was at the Etihad. I think it's probably at the Etihad. Yeah, where he's talking about walking through the crowds with his hood up, and <laughs> so it must be quite nice to have that anonymity for a little bit, I suppose. Yeah, and then when you're in amongst it, I imagine you can't be that. You're going to get found out pretty quickly. Yeah, the I sky guess. cameras found them fairly quick as well. Wow, maybe they were tipped. I'm, I'm sure they're probably tipped off. Them. <laughs> Fletcher wasn't being t- being found out like that, was it? So I no. Think, but but um, 
especially when you're amongst that hardcore away support, they're going to know who their players are, aren't they? Yeah, certainly. Um, on the flip side of that, did you see the picture of Meza Ozil uh, relaxing watching the game at home on his sofa? <laughs> Dog next to him on the sofa, has a big old TV he's got there. Looks like he's got leather on his walls as well. Which it is does. Very decadent. Yeah. Yeah, that looks like a nice front room, that does. But all no... that, strangely, not very big. No. Kind of, I imagine it's to be quite long and narrow yeah, rather than perhaps. a big open space. <laughs> very strange. Anyway, let's stop talking about footballers watching football. Um, let's round up the end <laughs> like, of this podcast, like, shall we? It's like, it's like Gogglebox. <laughs> Footballing Gogglebox. So Coming soon from Man on the Post. <laughs> We're going to hunt out every picture of footballers watching football and talk about their front rooms. But just to, just, just to tie that tie up, neat little bow and everything, that uh, Jay Rodriguez isn't even listed as injured on here. Really? So I don't know what that means. He... But at the same time, it says Arsenal only have one injury. Ah, uh, right, okay. That's Jack Wilshire. So I'm going to ask you, ask where Alexis and mm, Ozil, um, Ozil and um, Welbeck, and yeah. you'd forgotten about Welbeck, hadn't you? You'd yeah, completely. Actually, <laughs> happens. Yeah, I had actually completely forgotten that he was part of <laughs> Arsenal's squad. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well. um... That brings an end to this week's podcast. You can now find us on Acast. They are our wonderful new hosts. Um, so if you want to listen to it while you're on the computer, it is acast.com forward slash man on the post. Um, if you want to download their app, it's a free app. and You can subscribe there and the new shows will download automatically. It sounds very similar to another podcast's functionality. Um, but yeah, um, go and get us from there. It, it kind of helps the show. I don't want to be one of those podcasts that say uh, we need the money to help us carry on because we don't. We do it for fun and it's it's fun to talk about football with your mates. And if you want to listen to it, then thank you very much. It's greatly appreciated. But um, if you do listen to it, spread the word and Acast will give us some money. So we all win. It's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, acast.com forward slash man on the post. Of course, you can go to man on the post.com. Um, which is our website not really many articles the only thing that goes up there is our um, our five-a-side Premier League teams which we do and the one we did on this week's Extra Time show that me and Chris did very good team that Liverpool team did you see it? No I didn't did it, was it a team of Jamie Carragher's like I suggested? <laughs> Unfortunately not no um, it had Let me just say because I'm not sure I ever gave you what my actual team would have been Okay. so I would have gone Pepe Reina yep made it him um I would have. I think I probably would have gone Daniel Aga like you did, but if someone, if the argument had been against Sammy Hoopia, I wouldn't have been reluctant to giving in. We went for a curveball and put um, Javier Mascherano centre back. Okay, I did think about that, and then I thought, mm. no, that's not allowed. He didn't ever play centre back. <laughs> no. So, Chris sticking to his rigid rules once again. Definitely. Um, midfield, I was really struggling with midfielders. We went um, with Jabby Alonso. Yeah, not a very good five-a-side player, I don't think. But I suppose he could play it short as well. Yeah. Potentially, yeah. Um, but it's just like, you lose half of his game. You do, yeah. Um, and then I would have had, I would have gone Suarez and Torres, I think. We went. I was adamant that Fowler should be in this team, so I got Fowler in there, and then I made Chris have his Sophie's choice of Suarez or Torres, and he picked Torres of the two, I think. Yes, for the first for the first eighteen months of his Liverpool career, he was incredible. That kind of won out over the last eighteen months of Suarez's Liverpool career, and of course the uh, other things that came with Suarez's Liverpool career. Yeah, that Torres didn't really participate in. <laughs> But yeah, that's manalpost.com. Check those out. Hold on, um, hold on. Are you joking me? Is that what you actually picked? Yeah. So Torres, Steve... and, Torres and Fowler. <laughs> so Stephen Gerrard didn't get picked? No, not at all. We oh, just we threw him out completely. <laughs> Chris is happy to do that. He didn't want Gerrard anywhere near this team. <laughs> I'm not sure how big this five-side pitch is, but you can't play 60-yard Hollywood balls on it. All of a sudden you think you know a guy. And you <laughs> <laughs> to be fair... It doesn't matter how big the pitch is. If they're going out, out, out of town, he, <laughs> yeah. he can play it from wherever he wants. He can do that on the tennis court. 
Um, so you can check us out on Twitter at Man on the Post. You can check out my Twitter at Ross Bell nineteen eighty four and Adam's Twitter at Adam SA one hundred and one. I believe. Um, Chris and not Mark because Mark's a new dad and he's finding it pretty tough to get on the computer. Um, surprisingly, <laughs> at the minute. But Chris and a guest will return on Thursday, uh, which we'll hear on Friday morning. So until next week, Adam, I think it's it. So it's goodbye from me. Is it goodbye from you? Until next week, always remember to have your man on the post. Yeah. Yeah.